0: Well, last week last week we did our top five running backs rankings and Aiden just happened to forget Derrick Henry. So that just blew the comments
1: section. Oh, yeah. Wow, I can only imagine. You know, I may want to tune in just to read the comments because I love mm-hmm. nothing more than commentary on social media. Nothing makes me feel warm and cuddly than what random people write back after rankings oh, of all things. Yes. yes,
2: it was very warm and fuzzy. It was pure chaos. Yeah. Chris Hansen here, and I'm gonna need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds like versus Boys.
0: I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Idiots,
2: yep. stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert, ups on alert. I might go
0: insane. I think you're already there.
2: There's no hope, hope Dude, is gone. You know, if this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm gonna drink bleach, that is? Be the team you promised me you were gonna be this year! This is the Consciously Hopeful Podcast. I'll be watching.
0: Welcome to episode 56 of Birds vs. Boys. If you are listening to this right now, chances are it is draft day. One of Aiden and I's favorite days of the year. We've been working really hard on our... Episodes leading up to this, Aiden's going to talk about the draft show we got going on tonight. But before we get into that, I just want to say um, I love you to someone. And that's Sean Lee. Um, (laughs) Sean Lee decided to retire, walk away from football. If you had to describe his career in two words or less, Aiden, what would you say? Injury riddled. Okay, that's a good one. I would say, what if future like, coach? Yeah, that's that's true too. I mean, he is injury riddled. He is purely what could have been. He he was a two time Pro Bowler, an All Pro, uh, a hell of a leader. He's the epitome of a of a football guy. He did everything right. Um, his body just failed him I don't know if he he's like an undersized guy that probably carried way too much weight and his body just couldn't handle it he was always you know the motor guy going in for the tackles but one of the smartest linebackers I've ever watched play he always knew how to be in the gap and, and how to get there when to be there so um, he's going to be missed on and off the field but you know. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him back with a star on his chest as a coach within the next couple of years. So Sean Lee retires from the Dallas Cowboys. Hell of a, I don't want to say hell of a career, hell of a could have been career um, and a heck of a leader. So thank you, Sean Lee. And we are on to the draft. All right. After that eulogy for Sean Lee,
2: here we are. I will say this. I'm amped for this show. We're always pretty energized on this show, but even more so Today. Because no matter who you're a fan of, the NFL draft gives you hope. When yep. you're bad, this is your ability to build the roster and become competitive. If you're already competitive and you're competing for championships, this is your ability to bolster the roster and get back to the top of the mountaintop. So either way, this is a day of hope. This is a day of energy. And it should be, depending on you pick, a day of happiness.
0: Yes. Yes unless you are Eagles fans and Howie Roseman's picking for you, and then it's a day of misery. I did a mock draft.
2: Go check that out. I'll do my program notes, and maybe I'll just toss in the program notes. But I was like, this makes too much sense for the Eagles to do it, and it's really frustrating that we're at that point with them. Coming up later in the show, we will give our final predictions on who we think our teams will be taking in the first round of the NFL draft. But before that, program notes. Lance Meadow on the show. We deemed him our NFC East expert, but he also talks every team in the NFL, as he will do in our interview. He is uh, with Giants.com and also SiriusXM, Mad Dog Radio, so he has a full slate this weekend of draft coverage oh, as yeah. well. Speaking of draft coverage, so do Kevin and I, because we will be on the draft show tonight, live during every pick of the NFL draft. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, so pretty much any social media platform you can find us. It is sponsored by our good friends at Kenwood beer. So if you're in Philadelphia, it's tremendous beer. Also the shirts, I checked them out. They're actually like cool. They look like yeah, something you'd wear. Like if you w- lived in California, if you were like John B and lived in, in, in his friend, I forget his mm-hmm. friend's name. This looks like a shirt. John B's friend would wear uh, it, but in a good yes. way, like they're just like these cool teenage guys who drink beer. And that seems like a shirt that they would wear.
0: And we're giving away a Kenwood shirt during the show. So make sure you go to branded underscore sports, follow them on Twitter, follow Kenwood Beer on Twitter, and retweet the contest tweet for a chance to win one of those very cool Kenwood Beer shirts. So those are program notes. Oh, and we're and, going. And everybody's favorite producer, producer Vince, will be producing the entire show. So you know it's going to be good content.
2: Yes, and he will have a ticker on the bottom with our predictions for each pick. So we all have completed a mock draft. Some of us have scribbled out a lot of names and and made like hypothetical trades in their brain and are really overthinking it. Just some of us don't know who. Don't want to name names. Me.
1: (laughs) We'll have that on the
2: board for you as well, so follow along.
0: It's not just me and Aiden, too. It's me, Aiden, CEO Joe, James from Save LaSalle Baseball, Ali, Eddie, and we're going to have a ton of guests in virtually as well. So it's going to be a blast. Last year's show was a shit show. If you watch, it was the, the COVID-branded draft show. We got pretty drunk. Aiden's soul left his body. So who knows what's going to happen this year? Probably
2: most of the same stuff, but just not virtually. Just like in person. I love it. All right, on to the actual show. So there's a lot of content to get into. It is draft day. I'm very amped up. I'm going to try to sound like I'm not pumped with Adderall and just rapid fire all of these topics, go over them before our interview. Um, So it's not necessarily going to be just Eagles and Cowboys talk because so many teams affect the Eagles and Cowboys in the draft order. So I have a few topics. I'm going to lay it out to Kevin and go over them. Let's start with teams to watch going into the first round tonight. I have two pinpointed. The first, and we talk about this with Lance, the Atlanta Falcons at four.
0: Take Kyle Pitts and shut up.
2: Yeah. that as Like I said, you and I, I think I called us connoisseurs on our interview, not to give it away, just a little piece uh, of Kyle Pitts. But yeah, make it easy. Best player available. Now, remember who we're dealing with. Do they ever make it easy? Is it ever simple? Or is it always a chaotic just shit show as you mentioned what the draft show was last year so i know they're having salary cap issues i know they're talking about trading julio jones and matt ryan i mean he is getting older but they can't really trade him because of his cap hit i don't know if it's a trade a trade back situation trade a qb situation all i know is the simple thing to do is draft kyle pitts
0: here's what you do find a way to protect matt ryan you draft Kyle Pitts, you keep Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, and then you get some kind of running back later in the draft, and it's the most unstoppable offense in the NFL.
2: Let, I'll play devil's advocate for a second, since the Falcons are spawns of Satan. It's only right. I can see teams panicking on the quarterback situation. So I don't think everybody's favorite is Mac Jones. He could go at three, and we'll get into that in a bit. But I think there are teams that are high on Justin Fields, maybe on Trey Lance, and you know whether it's it's the Carolina or Denver or New England or Washington or Chicago, there's a good amount of teams beyond the top five that do need a quarterback. I'm wondering if one of those teams panic and trade up to Atlanta and Atlanta gets a haul for pick four.
0: Uh, we we say it with Lance, too. I mean, the QB tax is real. If you're coming up for a QB, you're going to be paying more. So I'm listening. If the phone rings, if I'm Atlanta, you have to. I, I mean, Kyle I Pitts th- is, a, yeah. is Thanos, but you listen. I was about to
2: say, I think you see who gets picked at three. There'll be two no. quarterbacks left. Depending on who they are, I think you get phone calls, and I think you listen to whatever the phone calls are, and you go from there. Don't get yourself locked in. Uh, we're recording 24 hours ahead. A lot can change for them. Yep. Uh, 10 minutes ahead of when they pick. So for them, I know that they are always a mess, but I think they have a, a pretty solid option. They either take who we believe is the best af- athlete in the draft, or they get a huge haul as someone panics
0: and trades up for a quarterback. Yeah, I would prefer them not to take Kyle Pitts because I, I don't want to see him there, but it's a smart I think thing to do. Really,
2: yeah. I think he'd look really cool in their uniforms and that he would. makes me sad.
0: Makes, he would hurts my heart. <laughs> he would. There, but, there, or uh, or Miami is good. Jersey choices for him, yeah. I think.
3: Or,
2: or I could see Carolina too. Something or, with the something with the black. The bl- I don't know. Uh, even though
0: star. he he did
2: play in orange and blue in college, yeah. so it's not like he's close to any of these jerseys. Yep. <laughs> All right. The other team that we I have pinpointed here as a team to watch is the Lions at seven. Part of the reason why I them. say that. Yeah, exactly. They're kind of just in the middle of there. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily need a quarterback because they traded for Goff. I think the problem is why you're forgetting them is most people forget that Detroit just exists as a Exists, yeah. So they need a little bit of everything in terms of talent. The one thing that's holding me back from saying just go get an Alabama receiver is this press conference where you – start by saying we're going to bite people's kneecaps off. As much as I love Devontae Smith, he isn't exactly bite your kneecaps off material.
0: Uh, no, no, he's not. A bite uh, a, a guy there who does bite kneecaps off if he's there is Rashawn Slater. And then you're protecting your, your quarterback and you're getting a mauler. I I see this as a trade back for the Lions at seven. I, see, I could see someone coming up here and I already have who I think it's going to be. In my head. Do you
2: head. want to share that now or are you waiting until you give your final predictions?
0: I'll I'll wait till I get my final predictions. Okay.
2: I do think they are the most likely candidate in that six to ten range to to mm-hmm. make that trade back. Um because I think there's gonna be a run. I think a lot of people really like those two cornerbacks, and then there's a little bit of iffiness with the other cornerbacks mm-hmm. in the back half of the draft. Yep. So the Lions at seven—they are going to be the most interesting. Which, aside from Thanksgiving, this is the only time where we pay attention. Or they are interesting. So good for them for having this night. I, I don't know what they'll do, but they could go a variety of ways.
0: And we're still going to forget about what they do.
2: I know. Yeah, it'll be five years. we like, wait, who did they take again?
0: <laughs> they take? Oh, they traded back with who? Oh Slater. Oh, that's right. Remember Slater? No, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what right. we're doing. I again. I don't want to see any guys I like out of Detroit. Like, I don't want to see Rashawn Slater play for Detroit. It's te- like, it's terrible. I don't want to see Devontae Smith play for Detroit. It would be terrible. Yeah, Can you I being would. A Lions fan. Oh
2: god. I don't. I don't know how they do it. I don't. No. You know. No. Even Cleveland's having
0: some success. You think we could find like a, a Lions versus Vi- like Lions versus Vikes podcast, and we could get like Lions podcasters on here and just taught them and just be like how do you survive life i think about that i
2: don't remember what show i was talking about it it might have been on the radio show where i was like what do they talk about on detroit radio like what do you do The li- you got the lions the pistons the tigers and the red wings What like i don't really know what you talk about and the team lost last night we look ahead now to 2023 draft <laughs> like, i got about know. eight how about detroit. that movie eight mile yeah, right? That's what I was thinking. Did they just talk about the 0-4 Pistons and 8 Mile
0: yep. for an hour? <laughs> yep. That's it. And we'll Pretty be much. back to 8 Mile Radio. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Enough being mean to the Lions because we may need them tomorrow night, like you said, with the trade-up. So we don't want to be mean before we have to trade with them. Let's talk about the quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones, San Francisco,
0: maybe. So they've made their decision, apparently. Adam Schefter has reported, but they're keeping it close to the vest. Everything that I hear is that Shanahan's going to make this pick. Not the owner, not the general manager. This pick is completely in Shanahan's hands. So the more I hear, I I don't think it's going to be Justin Fields. It should be Justin Fields. It's not going to be. I'm hearing more and more Trey Lance that makes sense with them still having Jimmy G there and he is a developmental product. But the Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins comparison and how much Shanahan loves Kirk Cousins just won't leave my brain. So, so I've heard, heard I've heard Todd McShay on two podcasts this week, and on both
2: of them, he said Kyle Shanahan wants wants Mac Jones and the personnel department wants Trey Lance. So, well, so there's gonna be a, be a bit of Jones. a I was just about to say, so it's Mac Jones. I, I feel like that's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Let me give you my analogy for this and why Shanahan makes this pick and why it's Mac Jones. Because I know everyone's been freaking out about this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Have you seen the movie Get Out? Yes. Okay. So here's She's where I'm going. in the chair. Yes. <laughs> yeah, when she like does the hypnosis thing. Oh yeah. But like, I'm talking about my point is later on in the movie when you find out what's really going on at that house. Oh yeah. So I was watching film breakdown of Mac Jones and pretty much what it was at Alabama was the receivers are an all-star crew. They're just better than anyone you go against in the secondary. And the scheme was better. The players were better. The scheme was better. they just needed someone to put the ball in the right place at the right time and everything else will take care of itself. And the NFL Kyle Shanahan is considered this quarterback whisperer, this offensive genius. A ton of offensive coaches have tried to copy his style elsewhere in the NFL. Cal Shanahan's scheme, he believes, is probably better than anybody else's in the NFL. He can't physically play quarterback. So all he needs is someone's body. And mm-hmm. just like in Get Out, he just needs to put his brain in somebody else's body and that'll take care of the rest. His scheme and his brain will figure it out, but since he can't physically pay quarterback, he has to take over someone else's body to do it. Mac Jones is the perfect candidate for that. He has the brain. They'll just put Kyle Shanahan's brain inside Mac Jones, and Mac Jones will put the ball at the right place at the right time in a great scheme, and that's that.
0: Yeah, I mean, with that running running game scheme that he has and the weapons that he can get the ball to there again, just like he had in Alabama, I think it would be a great fit. I really do. Would I take Honestly, him at three? No. I, I yeah. And I was the more I think about it, like listening to these podcasts this week,
2: it's like every quarterback is a system quarterback. If yeah. you if you think about it, I was listening to this again. I think it was McShay talking about like Patrick Mahomes admitted to him that he didn't even know how to read the Mike linebacker until yeah. he got in the NFL. Like totally. having Andy Reid and sitting a year under Alex Smith helped him so much. I guess you could consider every quarterback a system quarterback. So if Mac Jones is your guy at three, is he the third most talented player in the draft? No, But if you think he's right for your system, I guess it makes sense. Like I'm not as I'm not as out on that as some people are. Like I genuinely believe Justin Fields is a better quarterback than him. But if you think, like my analogy, if you just need Kyle Shanahan's brain and somebody's body and you think Mac Jones is the guy, and you have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk on the outside, and you have the speed. And obviously, Kittle's a mismatch. Just go for that.
0: I mean, the the year Jimmy G was healthy, what happened? They got to the Super when, Bowl and probably should have won was, it.
2: Yeah, and he uh, Jimmy G was mediocre that entire time. The, the, he they had a good defense, and Kittle was a mismatch, as we said. They had good receivers. I believe Emmanuel Sanders was still on the team at that time. And yes, yes, because Jimmy G missed him. He was wide Overthrew open him
0: in the yeah. end zone. Yeah, uh-huh. See,
2: that's. That's exactly what Kyle Shanahan wants. I schemed Emmanuel Sanders open perfect with, with one quarter left in the Super Bowl to win the game and score the game-winning touchdown, and you blew it by five yards. And I want to go out and get a guy who I tell him, Emmanuel Sanders is going to be open at this yard line. At this time, he's going to put the ball there. That's what Mac Jones is to him. Yep, yep. I'm fired yep. up if you think we haven't even gotten to Eagles topics. I'm fired up about Mac Jones, that's where we're at in the draft process. I'm now fired up about Mac Jones. Oh,
0: god, just I can't wait for tonight.
2: It, the, yes, the live reaction to everything that's going to go down, and I just want as much chaos as possible. And Vince so,
0: is taking our phones, we're not even going to be able to be on Twitter. I like that. I don't want to know. know.
2: I want to, I want to, well, I don't know if I want my phone taken, but yeah, <laughs> I can't just if- keep it in my pocket.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll just keep maybe maybe we'll just delete Twitter off our phones for <laughs> forever,
2: depending on yeah. who they who the Eagles yeah, pick.
0: Yeah, true. Very true.
2: <laughs> Speaking of who the Eagles could pick, let's get uh-huh. into JC Horn because this is a prospect both you, you and are. I are high on and hopefully both of our teams are high on as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, we we talked to Lance Meadow in our interview about Horn. He's a dude I just want on my team cuz he's a dude. He's a baller. He's just a. He's just a. Fuck you. Yep. I'm gonna. I'm like. And that's what he was with Kyle Pitts. If you saw that whole game when he was on Pitts, yeah, they're boys, but like he was. He stays in your hip pocket. He was on Kyle Pitts all game, and you saw a couple of times where Pitts like turn around. It's like just get the fuck away from me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nope. He's no, nope. It, I don't know if he's physically as gifted as Jalen Ramsey,
2: who was drafted top five and is considered probably the best cornerback prospect of the past, I don't know, like decade or so. But Horn has that mentality. I think I've really talked myself into him as the guy for the Eagles. If he's there at 12, or maybe you have to trade up to get him. I want to get into that in a second, but the mental toughness aspect where this city is becoming more and more toxic as social media becomes more prevalent and the radio airwaves have always been toxic. And the most recent first round picks have been really struggling here. Andre Dillard and Jalen Regger just seem to really be struggling with the off the field stuff in this city. I don't think that'll affect JC Horn in the slightest. I think he's just a guy who gets off the team bus, walks in the stadium says, who am I locking down today? I'm going to give you hell for four quarters, and that's that every week for 17 weeks.
0: Yep. It's it's an easy pick. Will he draw some penalties in this in this league? Yes. He's gonna have to change a little bit, but I'm not backing down from him because of that.
2: No, and like we talked about, it's not panic that's nope. making him put his hands on people. It's, it's just, just he's just... overly aggressive. Yeah. Hey, you can, can excuse him. me, you can coach that. I was about to say, you can coach that, and especially the Eagles who brought in a guy who does extensive work with cornerbacks. Uh, Yes, please. Now, the one thing that could affect both of us, he might not make it to 10 or 12 because Carolina is supposedly very high on him. What do you think about that?
0: I mean, so I I take the word of Brian Broaddus from 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, who's on with our good friend uh, Jeff Cavanaugh and actually also on the draft show which I, I take up today and he was on. Yep. He's he's amazing. And he has his gang of seven. He was an actual scout, has a Super Bowl ring. When he won with the Packers, he was a Cowboy scout. And he has these seven guys within the league that he texts with. Doesn't reveal their names. Um, but everybody is saying that Carolina loves J.C. Horn and to watch out there. I, I You said it would be a Matt Roll pick, but mm-hmm. I don't know.
2: I, I mean, obviously, we'd be devastated, both you and I, because we've sold ourselves on this prospect. But, I I mean, I get it from their perspective. I really don't know. Those middle teams right there that squeeze that sandwich of 7 eight, 9 I really don't know where they're going to go. It's where the first variability comes in. Because yes. we talked about the easy pick for for Atlanta is Kyle Pitts. And then for Cincinnati, it's not... It's not too much harder because really it's either going to be L or Chase, and then Miami's probably going to take whoever Cincinnati doesn't take. So seven, eight, nine is where the first variability comes in. So who knows with
0: those guys? Well, if if the Bengals take Chase, let's say Atlanta takes Pitts, Bengals take Chase, do the Dolphins think about trading out? Do they take the lineman or do they take Waddle or Smith? No, I think you take Suell or Waddle.
2: One, so here's what you do after you get a quarterback or invest in a quarterback. Maybe the Cowboys want to follow this as well uh, since they just invested in $40 million in a guy with a compound fracture. You either get a tackle or you get a receiver. You either protect the asset or improve the asset in terms of getting him weapons. So yeah. I think they would take Suell there. And them trading back, like they fleece the Texans so much and have so much draft capital already. Do they need more? Like I, I, I totally understand the idea of needing more draft capital, but yeah. does that team actually need it? Probably not. No. They probably just want to take the pick there.
0: Yep. That's what I would do. That's what I would. And, and it's so interesting. I see people like Slater or Suell going 10 to Dallas or Late. I'm like, what are you like? I don't he's not getting out of the top six. I don't think. Who's Suell? Yeah.
2: I don't think so. Uh
0: just Our guy,
2: Jeff Cavanaugh had Dallas taking him at 10. Did he? He had yeah. Slater going before him, though. He, yes, he did have Slater going before, which is part of the reason why. Is but he, thinks I don't know, Slater if either is a better of these prospect. guys are there at 10. That's true, too. But that would open up the idea of a cornerback. So yes. I don't know. It's kind of like pick your poison when we're sitting there. It's like, all right, yep. which guy do you love more? Because one of yep. them is going to be off the board, and hopefully not both. Yep. So we'll see on what Carolina does. Like I said, that's seven, eight, nine as the most interesting little sandwich there of just oddly, what an odd assemble of misfit toys, Carolina, Detroit, and Denver. Just what an Island of misfit toys over there with Rudolph.
0: And then it comes right Uh, into
2: the NFC East and then into the NFC East, the whole (laughs) gauntlet. I think that was a great word uh, that you used. So Mm -hmm. let's, transition away Mm -hmm. from the first round. Let's talk second round targets. Let's rapid fire some guys that we like. We're not going to be with the people until next week. The draft is obviously Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So this is our only chance to really shout out some guys we have our eye on.
0: Uh, Number one for me, it's a guy who also sat out this year. So that scares me a little bit coming to Dallas because Jerry Jones kind of said in their uh, pre-draft press conference, he doesn't love the, the guys that sat out. But uh, Javon Holland, the defensive back, is really a safety from Oregon. Uh, I like his tape. Dallas needs a safety. Stephen Jones even said it on the radio this week. They've kind of neglected safety. Um, So, yeah, that would be a good second-round pick for me.
2: Nice. The first one that I have, and I actually just changed this recently. If you check my mock draft, this is who I have now at pick 37. I have Deami Brown from North Carolina. I love the ease in which he can fly down the field. Mm -hmm. I think there's a glide to his game, almost like a gazelle where it's just fun to watch. He's a linear strider. Great term. (laughs) But no, it is like that where he can kind of just break away from defenses and it kind of looks effortless to do so. He was the home run threat there at North Carolina, and it seemed to be the game plan in a college offense. If he got a one-on-one shot, they took the one-on-one shot to him, and oftentimes he won. He had three touchdowns and over 200 yards against Virginia because they just kept giving him one-on-one shots. I think uh, I think he'd be a great guy for Nick Sirianni given his skill set in terms of dependable hands. He has a great double move. Like basically, the one thing they're looking for is for him to expand his route tree. We'll get him with a coach who has receiver experience. So yep. I think he'd be great. And just one fun fact on him, I laughed at when I was doing research. So, he uh, he has the most. Actually, I'm sorry. He has the second most catches of 20 plus yards for touchdowns over the past two seasons. Wow! Would you like to know who is first? Jamar Chase. Chase yep, Jamar Chase, who didn't even play last season, has the most over the past <laughs> two years. Unbelievable! <laughs> which is pretty remarkable. But no, the another... ground
0: is is great. I I just don't want Jamar Chase to go die in Cincinnati.
2: I know, and I don't want Joe Burrow to die, and I know that meme is yeah. going around. like You can't get the ball to uh-huh. Jamar Chase if, yeah. if there's six people in the backfield because the Bengals can't
0: block. I'd but, much rather Chase be a Dolphin.
2: Yes, and I could see that too. Or I could see them being like, oh, Tua prefers Waddle, we'll go Waddle. Then it's complete chaos.
0: Then somebody's so, coming up to six. Oh. Or seven to seven. <laughs> that
2: was I was going to say, if the Eagles yeah. are not on the phone, I will lose my freaking mind if Jamar Chase is at seven and we don't go get him. Oh, my goodness. For him to fall that far, come on. Oh. All right. So, yeah, Deami Brown is my is my first prospect, and I think he looks cool. Where's his shooting sleeve? Extra bonus points there.
0: Bang. There you go. Um, my second is another safety from TCU. Trevon... Mo rig. I can mo rig the next three guys. I I don't know how to say their last. Yeah. Mo rig. (laughs) Um, Only issue here is, I don't know if they can get him in the second. They may have to come back into the first to get him. I've seen that in a couple mock drafts. Will they be willing to do that? I don't know. It is known that, you know, they do like him. He's obviously been playing in Fort worth, very close to Dallas at TCU. His tape is very good. And again, they need an upgraded safety. So if they had to come back early in the first round tonight or late excuse me um I wouldn't hate it
2: no and I've seen him in in the first round of a, mo- a lot of mock drafts so mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of tweener guys where it yep. can it's going to be a giant carousel of yep. who do these scouts like the most with those late first early second guys where yep. you might be surprised and they might not be in top 10 Mel Kiper's top 10 best available but it's really just going to be up to these teams who they like the most since a lot of these guys, uh, we, we already talked about it in terms of like the limited scouting and stuff like that. Medical And just really, it's it's a, the team's preference this year. Yep. That's all it is. All right. So my second guy, I have Terrace Marshall Jr. from LSU. I think this one's pretty straightforward. If they played a receiver in 2019 for LSU or Alabama, you take them. That's yep. it. I think two things they could run into for the Eagles, he could be gone by 37 because of his reputation. Two? He did have medical issues. He did have foot surgery. Daniel Jeremiah brought it up. There were some medical issues at the combine. So that could be another issue as well. But I'll take my shot. Just get somebody from that LSU wide receiver
0: core. All right. uh, I got two more guys here. Next one, this is if Dallas goes defense in the first round, which most people think they are going to do if they don't take one of the tackles if they're sitting there. At 10 uh, is the offensive tackle from North Dakota State. Dylan Radnews. Radnews. Um, Like we say with Lance in the interview coming up, this is not 2016 anymore. Dallas needs help on the offensive line. This would help them tremendously in that aspect if they don't do it with the 10th overall pick. All right,
2: I'll do two quick ones here. Nick Bolton, linebacker, Missouri. Uh, 100 tackles in 2019, almost 100 in 2020. Obviously, they played less games or else he would have had it. Kind of yep. reminds me of Michael Kendricks a little bit. I know they don't care about linebacker, but it's something to consider. And then uh, here's one if he drops, and I'll, I'll I'll put an asterisk, Rashad Bateman, if he's there, yes, but uh, I don't think he's going to be there in the second yep, round. Yep. Uh, Jalen Phillips. There's some questions about him and his medical history and just overall questions. I doubt he he drops the 37, but I think it would be funny if the Eagles took him because everyone thought he didn't want to play fo- like he didn't want to play football because of concussions, but in reality he said he lost his love for the game playing for Chip Kelly, and I think all of us in Philadelphia lost our love for the game because of Chip Kelly at one point. So I I definitely understand where that kid's coming from if he falls to 37.
0: That would be that's uh, just a match made in heaven right there. I
2: was going to say, we are, we are, uh, I, I, we have co workers like that where we're like, all right, oh, this guy gets on our nerves so much yep. as a customer. And it's like a bond. <laughs> yep.
0: All right. My last one here is Levi Ozenriki, the defensive tackle from Washington. Uh, Dallas gave up over five yards rush last year. Um, they need help up the middle at defensive tackle. So help them. Yes, so help me God. Yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, I don't care if – if even if they take Kyle Pitts, which they're not going to, if they still – if they have Kyle Pitts and Gallup and Dak and Zeke and Amari and C.D. Lamb and Pollard, if you are still giving up eight yards a clip at, for the defense, running the ball, it doesn't matter. It
2: doesn't matter, yeah.
0: So you have to stop the run. He will help yeah. you stop the run. There you go. Fit, f- fill a need
2: and probably uh, best player available. As much as I like that strategy, everyone's going to have a different sense of best player available in yep. the 30s, 40s, 60s, yep. and 100s and beyond. Yep. All oh, right. So that, that goes through our second round targets. There's a few guys that we are keen on. Check out my three-round mock draft because there's a few guys in the third rounds I'm keen on as well. Yep. Would you like to? give your final prediction for the first round or would you like to tease the people and do it after our interview with Lance Meadow?
0: Let's do it after the interview.
2: I think that's right. I think that can be our final thing here. All right. Mm -hmm. So let's get into the interview with Lance. As we talked about, he is on Sirius XM. You may have heard him on this program before. I think at this point, it's not just friend of the program. It's just friend in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is our NFC East expert and really our NFL expert. We hit on pretty much every team in the top 10 with him. So here is our interview with Lance Meadow presented by Stateside Vodka.
0: All right, we are joined once again by one of our best friends of the program. You can hear him on SiriusXM and anywhere actually that that media exists, I think. It's it's Lance (laughs) Meadow. He's a must follow on Twitter at Lance Meadow, M-E-D-O-W. Lance, how are you? Like Aiden said, we always get you at the best times when it comes to football.
1: Absolutely. Well, this is one of the most exciting and intriguing times of the year in the football season. There's no doubt about it. I'm doing very well. I'm looking forward to the festivities that begin on Thursday night. I hope you guys are doing well as well, and uh, I always appreciate you inviting me on the program.
2: Thank you for coming on. I think uh, we, we coined you our NFC East guy, and it just okay. so happens that uh, now we have Cowboys 10, Giants 11, Eagles 12, so it worked Crazy. out in our favor again. So it's perfect to have you on. So well, I guess let's start with the NFC East. So we have all these picks jumbled together and our teams really have the same needs, whether it's uh, the big one is corner. So mm-hmm. do you think any of these teams make a trade up just so they can avoid having their pick stolen by the, the giants or Eagles, whoever it may be?
1: Well, I think if any team may want to make a more aggressive move, it would be Philadelphia to your point, Aiden, because The Eagles then would want to jump ahead of the two divisional foes if they really love a player and they're concerned that the Cowboys or the Giants would take them. That would be the only team that I could see moving up, especially if it involves a non-quarterback. I'd be very surprised if the Giants move up because I think based on what they did in free agency, they have put themselves Mm -hmm. in a position where they could go in a variety of different directions. And if you just go through the game of hypotheticals where there's at least going to be three quarterbacks off the board. Just do the math, guys. That means you take three picks away from where Dallas picks, the Giants pick and the Eagles pick. And that means that in all likelihood, you're going to have one or two guys that you probably really like that are high on your board. So I would be very surprised if the Cowboys or the Giants move up. I think the Eagles would be the only team that I could see that happen.
2: So you're saying like if you were at pick six, probably could have just stayed there and been
1: fine. (laughs) Well, perhaps. Listen, if you can find a way to get value for somebody that you really want, I understand that. I, I think it's a little bit of a head-scratcher in terms of Miami and Philadelphia because if they went up only to move back potentially or move up again, it, it's just it's a little bit mind-boggling. I understand the goal is to try to, once again, get as many resources as humanly possible and Here's another thing. I would think if teams are going to make a move, guys, just keep this in mind, I would think they're probably going to move back down Mm -hmm. as opposed to up. And the reason I say that is I think more teams want to gain assets for 2022 as opposed to 2021. Why do I say that? Well, if we have a normal combine, that means you'll have better exposure face-to-face meetings with the players. There'll be less risk involved. Number two, you'll have more film. Because no player is going to opt out in all likelihood if COVID is not, no longer as big of an issue. I'm not saying that it won't be an issue, but you don't think it'll be as prevalent of an issue. So if anything, the crop of players, I think teams are going to have a better read on in 2022. That's why if you were to ask me, I think the likelihood of teams moving backwards is much more likely than moving up.
0: I, I couldn't agree more, too, because i the more I think about it, like with the medical stuff, where they weren't allowed to do all these in-depth medical reports on so many players this year, who knows how many guys are going to get picked. And then all of a sudden, it's going to be a little bit of like a Caleb Farley issue where he's got a little back thing and he needs a procedure and teams seems like we had no idea.
1: No, I think you bring up a great point. Plus, even guys who are expected to go much higher than a Caleb Farley, you look at... Um, Penay Soul, who mm-hmm. opted out. Then, you know, you talk about Micah Parsons. That's another player that opted out. Both of those players, I think, are extremely attractive. I like what I've seen on film, but if you're worried about them needing to have more time to dust off the rust, you're worried about the immaturity issues. Yeah, I think you would have liked the security of seeing them take part in this season. I wouldn't fault the team if they pass up on one of those two players as a result of that. So, Yeah, it's really a bit of a rolling the dice a bit more than perhaps we've seen in previous drafts because these are not elements that we would have really been talking about or considering.
0: Yeah. And and real quick, Aiden, I have to put you on the spot here because I've been doing it for all of our guests and just so Lance knows and gets involved with the joke here. So Aiden's talking about the sixth pick and the Eagles move back to 12. He was beating his drum all offseason for Jamar Chase. Loves Jamar Chase. Perfect fit for the Eagles. Aiden tweets out Jamar Chase's highlight film and says this would be a beautiful pick at six. And I I am not kidding you when I say the trade came down two and a half minutes later Mm -hmm. that they moved back.
1: (laughs) So you're saying he basically jinxed his own team. Is that what you're Uh, hitting on?
2: 100%. Absolutely. I killed it. Our yes. one chance at a good receiver, and I just destroyed it.
1: Well, Aiden, see, I would have thought you would have been more aggressive. And Jamar Chase, I think, would be an excellent fit for the Eagles. I would have thought maybe you'd be more attracted to a guy like Kyle Pitts. Oh, we, oh we are. Kyle. Oh, don't worry. Stay there. Okay. <laughs> I can see the smiles <laughs> and the reaction already. Yes.
2: I compared him. Um, I said that he was a mix of Travis Kelsey and Thanos on one of our shows my my issue with him is I thought he would probably go to four with Atlanta Mm -hmm. so I I was I thought I was more realistically able to get Jamar Chase but then I jinxed that so now I will get neither and enjoy it
1: (laughs) well but here's the thing the silver lining could be it's possible one of the top three wide receivers could still Mm -hmm. be there even if the Eagles don't move I don't think it's crazy to say that Devontae Smith or Waddle is there when the Eagles are ready to pick because once again the Giants added a few free agent wide receivers the Cowboys we know are already stacked Mm -hmm. so I don't look at those two teams as major threats I can make an argument for the Giants to take a wide receiver because of the injury history with Galladay and John Ross so I wouldn't completely rule it out but I could also argue they need to address other areas which means maybe Philadelphia will be pleasantly surprised and stays put and all of a sudden, a wide receiver falls Then I don't think that's a stretch at all.
2: No, I would not be shocked to see one of those two Alabama wide receivers fall. I kind of It kind of depends on what Detroit wants at seven, yeah. if they want one of those guys mm-hmm. after Jamar Chase is off the board. We'll see on that one. But that is a good point. You know, it, It's not the top need for the Giants. And I can see potentially corner-corner at 10 and 11 right ahead of the Eagles. And then all of a sudden, if that's your worst-case scenario, it's really not that bad of a scenario. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Plus, you've got additional resources, as I Mm -hmm. mentioned, by making the move. So to me, it's really killing two birds with one stone. You get a player that can help you immediately. And then on top of that, you add value to what you'll have in store for future years.
2: Very good point. And I liked your point about saying accumulating picks for next season. And I heard both Todd McShay and, and Daniel Jim Raya said this was a scarce draft in terms of players with first round grades. Yeah. So, a lot, like you said, going to be a lot of trade backs. Now, one team that could trade up because quarterback seems to be the final piece that's missing is the Washington football team. Do you think they're one of the teams that actually makes the trade
1: up? Yeah, it's interesting you brought that up because I've gone back and forth with this. They brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I think we all agree is more of a bridge guy. He's not necessarily a long-term answer. They've got a really good defense, and if Fitzpatrick could take care of the football, I would not overlook Washington. They were the surprise of the division this year, and they bring that defense back. You know they've got some nice offensive weapons around Fitzpatrick, especially the addition of Curtis Samuel. So I think that's a team that could do a lot of damage. It's just to your point, Do they feel good about Kyle Allen or Taylor Heineke? Both guys are still young. They're not up there in age where it's as if you can't have them for your answer, maybe for two to three years after Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's possible. But here's what I would argue with a team like Washington moving up or anybody else. If there are already three quarterbacks off the boards, guys, if that's what we assume, where it's Trevor Lawrence, it's Zach Wilson and... Pick whichever one you want to the Niners. Personally, I think it should be Justin Fields, but let's say it's not. And if Fields is still there, maybe that's a reason why you make an aggressive move if you're Washington. But if Fields is off the board, is Mac Jones, no disrespect. I think he's a solid quarterback, a very intellectual quarterback. Are you upgrading yourselves that much based on what you already have by making a move for Mac Jones? Trey Lance has the athleticism, but he only started 17 games. So once again, are you willing to roll the dice on that being the answer? when, oh, by the way, guys, remember, Washington made a move for Dwayne Haskins, who was also a one-year starter. Mm. And you could argue the environment wasn't ideal. They changed offensive coordinators. But if you're Washington and you already went into the well of a one-year starter in college, why would you entertain the idea of doing that all over again? Personally, that makes absolutely no sense to me. So I would think, while we could argue Washington could use a quarterback, this is a year I think you focus on adding talent around the QB, helping your defense because you're in a position to still win this division as opposed to really rolling out the dice trying to get another quarterback.
2: That's a fair point. And I know as a fan base, the Eagles have kind of spurned people who have – increased medical history after mm-hmm. the sydney jones experiment failed with the torn achilles so if washington doesn't want to go back to the well of the one-year starter who's inexperienced and you think he's going to be a project after Dwayne haskins i totally get that logic i think that's fair now
1: philadelphia with sydney jones is a great example of when you like the potential of a player they get hurt early in the draft process and if you draft on potential hey if the guy could get back to the level he was previously, it's fantastic. But if he doesn't, you just utilized a relatively high pick for a player that you was hope, were hoping was going to contribute for four to five years, and you didn't get much return on that. So that's why I'd be very surprised if teams, once again, take major risks on players who opted out and have some big medical questions.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, question for me, we we keep talking about 10, 11, 12, the gauntlet of the NFC East here, and that, that's a spot where a team – might come up for one of those quarterbacks if they're there. So if you're Cowboys at 10, Giants at 11, Eagles at 12, and Justin Fields is sitting there and Washington calls, do you answer that phone to bring that quarterback into this division?
1: Absolutely. I would always entertain that. The reason being is, what is Washington offering me? If I can get a nice package, guys, and it's going to help me in the long run, I can't be fearful of, oh, well, we're going to have to go up against them Every single minute. That would be the philosophy of uh, the Cowboys and the Eagles fearing two years ago when the Giants drafted Daniel Jones and Washington drafted Dwayne Haskins. And let's face it, the jury is still out with Daniel Jones. Okay. Uh And Dwayne Haskins is no longer on the team. So once again, if you put so much fear into that, you're assuming that that guy's basically they're rolling out the red carpet for him to go to the hall of fame. And I don't think we should say that about any of the quarterbacks once you get beyond the first two to maybe three guys. So I would entertain it assuming I could maybe fleece them for a great deal of value. That's how I would look at it. But here's the the thing. Yeah, go, go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say, yeah, the, the quarterback tax is a real thing. If you're coming up for a quarterback, you're going to have to give more than you would for anybody else.
1: You're going to have to pay. There's no doubt about it. So if I could get a nice package and maybe who knows, maybe Washington's willing to throw in a defensive player, considering they drafted so many guys in the first round and I could get a proven commodity, I'm going to think about it. I'm not going to just dismiss it simply because the team is in the division. Now, you could argue it's very rare that teams are going to trade within the draft, but I believe if I want to say, and Aiden, you may know this, I think the Cowboys and the Eagles made a trade about a year ago that enabled them to get the offensive lineman, the center, the Oddish. Didn't That's Dallas correct. move yes. up? Yes, right? mm-hmm. yes, so, yes, yes, so
0: you're right. We
2: traded back, yeah, and yep. yeah, they, Tyler they moved up to
1: Yeah, Dallas moved up to get the which mm-hmm. I understand they wanted some depth on their offensive line. Now, granted that wasn't in the first round, mm-hmm. but there's an example where two division rivals actually made a move. Now maybe we'll revisit this conversation when Biotis takes over as a legitimate starter. And we'll say that he's on track to go on to bigger and better things. And then maybe we could say <laughs> the Eagles should have never done that. The audacity of them to allow a division rival to move up.
0: The next well, Travis Frederick.
2: Yeah.
1: exactly. Here, yeah. And
2: here's one too, to add to it similar, but different. We literally traded Donovan McNabb to Washington. Yeah. Straight, not draft pick, just straight up traded the quarterback within yes. the division. So that kind of goes with what you guys are saying. You can't be fearful if you're getting the right package.
1: Correct. Now, that was Donovan McNabb much later on in his career. So it was a, a little bit less maybe concerned over True. perhaps if you were in a position where you were allowing them to move up to actually draft Donovan McNabb.
3: Mm-hmm. A little bit yeah.
1: different conversation. That's yeah. <laughs>
0: One more question I have about moving and a team that's been kind of rumored out there to to move up. They may want a quarterback is Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. They've I've seen it rumored to seven. I've also seen a lot of talk of them coming up to 10 for Dallas, Dallas moving back to 15. I mean, this offseason has been a little bit different for them. They're spending a, a lot of money. So what do you think is in the head of Bill Belichick? You think he wants to move up? Sit tight, or or in the end, do you think we're going to see the regular Bill Belichick and he's going to move back and still get a superstar somehow?
1: Well, to your point, New England doesn't have the track record to be ultra-aggressive where Mm -hmm. they make a move, especially into the top 10. Now, granted, as I've pointed out many times, New England has not picked this high in quite some time also. (laughs) So they're in a bit of uncharted territory. So that's fair to counter that, and that's fine. I think their philosophy was we bring back Cam, he's more familiar with the offense because it was unconventional offseason, And we surround him with actual talent, something that he did not have last season. And we see what he could do. I truly think that's the philosophy because guys, look at what they did in free agency. They made a lot of quality moves in free agency. I know a lot of people are talking about, Oh, this is unlike them. Well, I wouldn't consider the tight ends hall of famers yet. Okay. Let's relax. (laughs) They brought in a solid group of players at various positions who they're going to be able to utilize. And I think they're trying to make sure that Cam has everything in his power to thrive. If a quarterback falls to them, great. I just don't see them being that ultra aggressive. Once again, you would have to sell me on the fact guys that when you look at boards for teams, I'll believe Mm -hmm. the fact that it may vary who's number one on their board, but do you truly believe that everybody has all of these quarterbacks five deep ranked that high? So, for example, if we take Trevor Lawrence off the board, we take Zach Wilson, we take Justin Fields, to use that as a hypothetical, are we led to believe that there's not much drop-off between these five guys, meaning every team sees so many similarities, and that Mac Jones and Trey Lance are then maybe number one and number two on everybody else's board, and that even to some of those other guys? I just, I don't buy it. And I think that's when you get into trouble of reaching and taking a quarterback for the sake of taking a quarterback. I don't think New England's that type of team. If there's any team that I'm not fearful, guys, of just taking a QB to appease the court of public opinion, it would be New England. So I would be very surprised. I'm not buying this hype. I get it. Mac Jones is an Alabama guy, and Nick Saban is friendly with Belichick. Well, Tua was also a Nick Mm -hmm. Saban guy, and there was talk about maybe New England would make this unbelievable move and give up everything to move up. And that never happened. So I think New England is gonna stay put or move back to your point as opposed to being ultra aggressive. Because I didn't think free agency put them in a desperate position where they have to go for the home run too. I don't think we okay. should forget about that.
0: Agree. Could not agree more. And we we've made the link. Mac Jones is Kirk Cousins. That's that's the that's who he will be <laughs> in the NFL. Well,
1: if he is kirk cousins listen i'm not that down on kirk cousins so i'm not gonna poo poo on that comparison but the thing with kirk cousins is you better make sure you surround him with talent
0: exactly he's
1: not going Mm -hmm. to necessarily be put out on an island and win games single-handedly so hey mac jones can go to a team where they got a good offensive line they give him some playmakers and i would not be surprised if he has a really good career okay you could do far worse than kirk cousins but to your point He's not going to extend plays, and he's not going to make those miracles happen. So you mm-hmm. at least have to understand his limitations.
0: It's true. true. All right. Speaking of a team with limitations, the Atlanta Falcons are are <laughs> picking at four. Well, that was
1: some segue. Yeah. Right. That was How about mean.
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I keep saying that the draft really hinges on Atlanta and at four. That's kind of where it really starts. We don't know where San Francisco is going to go, but we know it's going to be a quarterback. So what do you think Atlanta does? Do they sit there and pick a quarterback? Do they sit there and take Pitts? Do they trade out? How does this unfold tomorrow night?
1: I think Atlanta is going to take Kyle Pitts. And the reason I say that, Arthur Smith, their new head coach, who came over from Tennessee, he was the Titans offensive coordinator. If you look at how he utilized tight ends in Tennessee, he loved tight ends and he mixed mm-hmm. and matched. And I think he is enamored with Kyle Pitts. And he's licking his chops and saying, You put Kyle Pitts with assuming they hold on to Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and improve the offensive line to have somewhat of a semblance of a run game he can really do a lot of damage with that weaponry. I don't understand the argument for Atlanta to take a quarterback. Because Matt Ryan has proven he could stay healthy, Matt Ryan has proven he could be a consistent quarterback, he just needs to be protected and you have yep. to give him somebody to work with and oh how about a respectable defense guys so that he doesn't <laughs> have to go out right and score 45 to 50 points a game or doesn't have to worry about they build a 20 point lead and then the defense lets it unravel. OK, we don't have to revisit all the games, right, including the Super Bowl that have gone down that road. So it's just to me, it's such a logical move for them to take Kyle Pitts. Yep. You can make an argument for Jamar Chase, but I think Pitts gives you a tight end, something different compared to what you already have with Julio Jones and Ridley. So if I'm the Falcons, I am so happy that three quarterbacks will go off the board and without hesitation, run up the card, take Kyle Pitts and don't even question it.
2: We okay. are Kyle Pitt's kind of sores here on this podcast, so <laughs> we <you> very <laughs> much agree with you on that one. Mm-hmm. And also just drafted it's simplest strategy, best player available. He'd be yep. the best player available. You take him and that's that. Bingo. Yep. One team in their division. I got two questions left for you. Two quick hitters, one serious, one not. Carolina, we talked on about Justin Fields. I know their GM wants to make a big splash. They already traded for Sam Darnold. Are they out of the QB sweepstakes yet? Could they go Justin Fields still?
1: I think they could still draft a quarterback, especially since, you know, Darnold's not on a long-term contract based on what's left with his rookie deal. I wouldn't rule it out. If you were to ask me, though, Carolina, just like Atlanta, should be focusing on now protecting the quarterback Mm -hmm. and making sure that Sam Darnold doesn't have the Jets 2.0 which is where you add him in there, but you didn't do your due diligence to help out the quarterback. So mm-hmm. if you're Carolina, and here's the other thing, Matt Rule is a former offensive line coach. He was actually coincidentally with the Giants. He was their mm-hmm. assistant offensive line coach. So if anybody guys realizes the importance of protecting the QB, I would hope it would be him. And Carolina, if Pinesul or Rashawn Slater is still there, just like I'm talking about Atlanta, guys, it just makes too much damn sense for Carolina to take one of those two guys and not even hesitate and say, hey, we're going to give Darnold every possibility to thrive. He's got a really good offensive coordinator in Joe Brady, who's done really good with various quarterbacks. You've got DJ Moore. You've got Robbie Anderson, who played with him. Make sure you keep your QB upright, in addition to Christian McCaffrey. You can't forget about him, who's an absolute weapon. So to me, Quarterback is still a possibility because of the contract structure of Sam Darnold, but I really hope that Carolina leans away from that and takes an offensive lineman, which I think would make too much sense.
2: And I know Matt Rule loves to build through the interior.
1: Mm-hmm. So that would
2: make a lot of sense. It would be his M.O. I think they went defensive line last year. If they went offensive line this year. Well, they went defense, all defense, by the
1: way. Let's yeah. talk yeah. the Carolina <laughs> only took defensive players yep. last year. They didn't take one offensive player.
2: I actually and, love that, though. Just no doubt about what the message is there coming in as a first-year head coach.
0: And they, they apparently are in love with J.C. Horn at eight. But I, I, if, if one of those tackles slash guards are sitting there, I feel like you have to take a Slater or a Penesuel before J.C. Horn if you're Carolina.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I've heard corner two a lot with respect to that team. And what I don't understand is Dante Jackson is on one side who's solid. They brought in A.J. Boye in free agency, who I think is still a respectable veteran. I know there's some issues with injury history. And if you continue to beef up the defensive front, which they did a little bit in the draft, once again, I think a versatile offensive lineman could do a lot more for that team than perhaps taking a corner. I think you could mm-hmm. probably grab a cornerback in the second round oh. if you really want to add somebody.
0: There's mm-hmm. a, there's a couple in the second round, a kid from North or Northwestern. Yeah, there's there's some good ones in the second.
2: Knowing Matt Rule, it's more so he likes the type A alpha dog in-your-face, like, physical guys. And I know J.C. Horn, everyone has been hyping him oh, up yeah. as that. So I see that connection, but I, I more so agree going interior with the offensive line.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, or else, you know, maybe they would consider Patrick Sertan too. You know, mm-hmm. Both of them, I think, would still probably be on the board when Caroline is ready to draft. I think both of them are aggressive in-your-face cover guys. And the other thing is Horn was a little touchy-feely in college with the Ooh, penalties, big whereas time. Tan did not have that much of an issue. So I get your point, Aiden, about Matt Rule, but you've got to wonder if he brings that aggressiveness to the NFL. Remember, you've got less leeway. You've got five yards to be aggressive. In college, it seems like you have an eternity, right, till the ball mm-hmm. is up in the air. Mm-hmm. If you pull that in the NFL, you look at a wide receiver the wrong way they're going to throw up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you wonder. <laughs> and and that, right
0: there. that is Dallas's nightmare right there. If Horn goes eight, I think Sertan goes nine to Denver and then Dallas is sitting there going. Uh, we'll see.
1: Well, let me throw this out because I've been thinking about the Cowboys and I don't know how much you've considered this. If Rashawn Slater is there,
0: Give him to me. Done. Turn the card okay. in. Run.
1: All right. So I don't even need to sell you on it because <laughs> nope. I, I've been selling some people on the Cowboys with the offensive line. they like, what do you mean? I'm like, hold on a minute. Look at the injuries last year. If you could bring in a guy that could play all five positions, Tyron yep. Smith's getting yep. up there in age. Yep. Okay. Lyle Collins. I would certainly you, make an argument to grab him before you even consider a defensive player.
0: Slater is your right guard or your, excuse me, your left guard starter from day one. And then when Tyron Smith decides to hang it up or Dallas moves on from him, he kicks out to left tackle and is your starter there for the next eight years. Yeah. Eight to 10.
1: Well, Done. Plus Zach Martin has the flexibility as we've seen to play guard yep. and tackle. So yep. you, you've got some protection there. I would think Slater would be an excellent fit. Yes. With the Dallas it's not, Cowboys. Yeah. It's not
0: 2016 anymore. People just always think and Dallas O-line. No. Mm-mm.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he's been
0: banging that drum for quite some time.
2: You guys no, are the I, same way. I'm wavelength. banging with him.
1: I'm banging with him. We'll, we'll be a band, okay? We, we can we can make some fine tunes and be in rhythm. I love
2: it. I love we're, it. We're starting to develop some serious chemistry having you on Let's here. <laughs> we're starting Let's to go. think the same way.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. One last question for you. I said that that one was a serious one. This one, not so much. So we've developed a like pretty popular following on TikTok by doing mm-hmm. rankings. Uh, so this week, in the spirit of the NFL Draft and Draft Day, we are ranking our favorite sports days of the year. Do you have a favorite sports day of the year, and what is it?
1: Wow. Boy, this is a real mm-hmm. tough one in terms of favorite <laughs> sports day of the year. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I would probably go with the NFL postseason, and I would probably argue wildcard weekend, especially That's now that they've added – some additional playoff teams because you can literally sit on your couch all day long and watch nothing but competitive football. So Mm -hmm. it'd be hard to, for me to rank something ahead of that under the circumstances, because you know, the NFL draft it's exciting, but then again, it's so much buildup and hype with the mock drafts. You're exhausted by the time you actually get to the draft. So give me playoff football. I don't think anything surpasses that.
2: Love it. Good call, especially with the, uh, like you said, from Saturday through Sunday now. And they might even have Monday night football yeah. playoff games. Yeah. So whole weekend worth of it. Great call. Well,
1: can't and here's wait. the other thing. When the playoffs end and the regular season ends too, one thing we yearn, I would argue, more for anything else is more football, right? Because mm-hmm. the NFL offseason is so damn long. So that's more of a reason why I can't hesitate in passing up NFL postseason football.
0: I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree Thanks. more. All right, Lance, <laughs> before we get you out of here, as always, let everybody know where they can listen to you, where they can watch you, how they can follow you on Twitter, and what you are doing tonight as people are listening to this for the drift.
1: Absolutely. Well, I will have instant reaction after the Giants' 11th overall pick on Giants.com. I don't know if that will be streamed live, but it will be posted very quickly soon after the selection for the New York Giants. And then all throughout the weekend, we'll be doing live shows. Saturday will be on pretty much starting a few hours before – Day three, and then going all the way through the fourth round pick for the New York Giants. So there will be activity all weekend long on giants.com. And people could also hear me on SiriusXM. I'll have my two shows Saturday and Sunday morning, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio. I'm also on NFL Radio as well. And they could follow me on Twitter at Lance Meadow. One word, last name, M E D O W.
0: Bang. That's it. It's perfect. Lance, thank you as always for coming on. And uh, yeah, we'll have you back. Before the uh, before the season starts, for sure.
1: Absolutely. Well, I always look forward to it. Appreciate you guys having me on, and I guess I'll have to check out the big following that you now have on TikTok because this oh, is something it's... new for me. I-, I was not told. A source did not give me any intel on that front. <laughs> so I'm learning this firsthand here.
0: I'll uh, I'll send you the link. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, the our rankings they they get they get hit pretty hard. And well, last week last week we did our top five running backs rankings and aiden just happened to forget derrick henry so that just blew the comments oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> i can only imagine
1: you know i may want to tune in just to read the comments because i love mm-hmm. nothing more than commentary on social media nothing makes me feel warm and cuddly than what random people write back after rankings oh, he, of all things yeah
2: so yes, it was very warm and
0: fuzzy it was pure chaos <laughs> yeah he had chase well, Edmonds, I, but not derrick henry
1: I would be expecting soon maybe the top five Eagles of all time and the top five Cowboys of all time. Ooh. I would assume, considering that fits into the profile of the yes. show, that you yes. would have to find a way to do that if you haven't yep. done so before.
0: Well, And then we're going to have to have you on for a TikTok and we'll do top five Giants as well.
1: There you go. There See? we go. I like that. Well, we're in sync on that one. Well, <laughs> so guys, we listen, always a pleasure. And thanks so much for having me on the program. Appreciate it. Enjoy the draft.
0: Thank you, Lance. Thank you you as well. Another big thank you to our friend Lance Meadow for that incredible interview. Aiden, every time he's on, it's a great time in football. And every time he's on, it's a unbelievable interview. Perfect timing.
2: Very engaging day before the draft was going to be a fantastic interview. I'm glad we were able to get him for that day before the draft preview show Mm -hmm. because he, he, like we, you could tell in that interview, we rapid fired a bunch of teams. He covers them all. Does a fantastic job. I really appreciate him coming on,
0: especially this time of year with a lot going on. He's the best. Really is. All right. Final predictions before TikToks, and then we'll get out of here because we need to uh, get over to our draft show coming up tonight. There you go. All right. Uh, who would like oh, to go yeah. first? Would you Mom like me to just out? go? Yeah, feel Yeah, free. Cowboys pick first. so That's fair. But do, It makes sense. But, but do they? Okay. So Cowboys pick at 10, everybody's had Sertan basically linked to them. Cowboys Nation is kind of like iffy about it because I I think they're just bored of a good player. He's just a boring good player. Like he's going to go out there every week and just lock down and just be solid and steady. And I feel like Cowboys Nation is just like, "Eh, I don't know, I want flash. But what I'm fearful is, is that seventh pick in Detroit, who I keep saying I don't – I keep forgetting about. I think they're trading out. I think the Eagles are coming up, and I think the Eagles are going to take J.C. Horn at seven. I think then Carolina is going to take Slater or Suell, whichever tackles are at eight. I then think Detroit is going to take Sertan right in front of Dallas, and Dallas is going to be sitting there with their jack strap in their hands with no offensive tackles and both corners off the board. And I think they're going to take Micah Parsons.
2: Yes. I mean, no, I mean, <laughs> I overcome with emotions.
0: I, the more I hear, I, it's kind of, it's a real, real option for them. And if they're sitting there with their, excuse my French dick in their hand, because the four guys that they would really like to take are gone. Micah's a real, real option. So I think let that's going to happen.
2: Let me say my piece on Micah, because I think I teased it a few shows ago. These All these off-field concerns, just like knowing a little bit more about him, I would not be worried at all. He was an immature jackass when he was 16 and 17 in high school. He transferred schools mid-season. There was a lot of issues at the school. Uh, some funny stories about that school too. Um, he committed early to Penn State and then – you know, it's like when you get attractive and then you're like, oh, maybe another girl would date me too. Mm-hmm. So he's just like a player in terms of colleges. So he teased Nick Saban, he teased Urban Meyer, and then it ended up spurning uh, James Franklin, Urban Meyer, and Nick Saban. They were all tired of him. It was immature stuff like that. He's not a criminal. You don't have to worry about stuff like that. It's not like he's he has an armed robbery case. Yep. It's, it's just immature stuff you do when you're 16 and if and that scares you away from the prospect that's was considered the next Luke Keekley you're
0: an idiot. And in the draft process and in the interviews with teams, he's admitting that he's saying, yeah, I was that's who I was, and I'm not that anymore, which I like. So if that doesn't happen, it's going to be certain, but I have a sad, scary, weird feeling that both corners are going to be gone. You should be happy. You should be happy.
2: If you get them, take care of them for me. <laughs>
0: So it's like the scene
2: in Toy Story 3 when Andy hits off all the toys. <laughs> Take care of them for me. As he and just... Andy's just like, so long, partner. <laughs> or uh, Woody's just like, so yeah. long, partner. That'll be me. Bye, <laughs> so Micah. Long, Bye, Micah. <laughs> now I have to root against you. Um,
0: all right. What do you got?
2: All right. so. Eagles pick at 12. Listen, we all want the flashy guy. We want Devontae Smith. We want Jalen Waddle. We want someone who's going to break the game open like that, or even J.C. Horn because he's a ferocious corner. We know how the Eagles operate. We know they like to build through the interior, which is fine, and it's probably the best strategy, and I know it's not flashy. So what they're going to do is probably reach on a defensive end. They're going to draft Pay. They're going to sell us as he's the next Brandon Graham and they're going to talk about how they got a great prospect while picking up an extra first round pick in the process next year and sell us as this was a huge win. And they're going to say, just like Brandon Graham, he's a project, but it'll take some time and he'll turn into a great defensive, defensive end for us at a position we value. That is how the Eagles operate and that's how they will sell it.
0: My biggest fear is everything that I said to you for Dallas but then they take him instead of Micah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I can see that too. I saw a mock draft where Quinter did go to the Cowboys. I just I and I'm sure up. that gets great. I'm sure that gets great. But I just can't stand it. Like I just can't keep doing this with the Eagles, where or or Elijah Vera Tucker. Stop. Yeah. He's good. I like him. He's good. You know what? It's just like I can't keep going back to the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and you miss on all this SEC talent. And it's like, oh, they turned out exactly how you thought they would because they were good at the best level of college football. Who would have thought? I just can't keep doing it with them. And I know exactly how they will sell Quiddy Pay to the team. And I think it's that. I don't even think it's the prospect. I think it's the way they're going to sell it that's going to piss me off.
0: Oh, God. All right, well. We'll see what happens tonight. Let's uh, let's bring Vince in here for our uh, our TikTok so we can get out of here. So this isn't too long of a show because uh, who knows? It could be draft morning you're listening to this. Could be right before the draft that you're listening to this. But we're hyped, if you can't tell. So let's uh, let's do our TikToks and then we'll get out of here. Let's do it. So a little bit different. Thank you for all
2: your positive feedback on the running back rankings last week.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, oh, so this week, in in spirit, we asked Lance Manner this question, but in the spirit of NFL Draft Day, we are doing our top five favorite days of the year. So we'll get into it here quickly. Um, we'll do our normal triangle. I'll go first, starting at five down to one, and we'll go me, Kevin, and then Vince. So let's start with at five. I have Labor Day weekend, college football week one. I think just having that extra day of the weekend. Having football back in its first form that weekend is fantastic. There's usually like a great 8 p.m. game. It's still light outside until 9 o'clock. It's still warm. It's usually your first tailgate of the season. It's fantastic.
0: It is. Oh, God. I love Labor Day. Um, All right. For me, F5 is today, draft day. The draft is number five for me. But like Lance said in the interview, it's a process. I am very tired with all the mock drafts and everything. I I just want it here. But I do love uh, round one. And two, and then three, and then four.
3: Uh, five for me. Best day of the year is that day all the cherry blossoms bloom at the same time. I love that. You wake up one morning, everything's pink. It's real pretty. I, I I like that day. It happened uh, what two weeks ago? I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, my you guys, are just just mm-hmm. yeah, you, you guys are just doing sports. <laughs> yeah, you you guys just doing sports. Sports show. Sports days. We should have should have clarified that. Uh, my list is well, going to be different than your guys'. Then no, normally is win. welcome to life.
2: <laughs> we uh, we kind of you kind of had a miscommunication yeah. there
3: in the producing notes. It uh, it seems like it. Yeah. <laughs> all uh, right.
2: Can't wait to see the next four. At four, I have today NFL draft day. Like we mentioned earlier, it's the one day of the year all thirty two teams have
0: hope. Hope we love hope. All right. Number four for me, f- staying in football, it's the Super Bowl. Um, you got to love the Super Bowl. It's, it's uh, you know, it'd be better if it was on a Saturday or it'd be better if it was a national holiday on Monday. But love to eat. Commercials have sucked lately, um, but still
3: love the Super Bowl. Uh, number five, I have my birthday, <laughs> June 20th. 2004. It's actually out a bad nine ninety eight. thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. I think Bye 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 had come out. The Backstreet Boys had some hits already. My older Um, brother
0: graduated high school in 1998. Oh, God. I graduated in 2016.
2: I was full in 1998.
3: But fun fact, my birthday, June 20th, day before the uh, summer solstice. So it's like halfway through the year. It's the last day Mm -hmm. of spring. So my birthday is basically the start of summer. So longest day of the year also. So they did that just for me. There you, there you
2: go. go. Longest day of the
3: year. Congrats. Happy birthday. For the
0: shortest person in the world.
3: Keep going. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh that was me. We're going to stand next to each other tomorrow. I hope you know that.
0: <laughs> you mean today?
3: Yeah, today. Sorry, this afternoon. Today. This afternoon. Yeah. Later today. It's not definitely <laughs> pitch dark out me and Aiden's windows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. At three, I have... Fantasy Football Draft Day. Ooh. Once you
2: graduate high school or college, this is one of the few days of the year where all of your friends are going to be in the same place at one time. All you do is cut up, talk football, and drink beers, and it's one of the few times you could do it with your entire group in the form of a year.
0: Love that. All right, three for me. Uh, it doesn't always happen every year, but when it does, oh, God, World Series Game 7. There's mm-hmm. there's just nothing like playoff baseball. Except for maybe play off hockey and maybe play a football but i love playoff baseball when my team's in it i am literally on the edge of my seat every pitch even when it's not my team when the cubs were in the world series against the indians a couple years ago that game seven was just unbelievable so um love world series game sevens real quick vince before you go i'd
2: like to put an asterisk uh i was gonna do nba finals game seven i should have asked i didn't know if if we were allowed to do it, because I know it doesn't happen all the time, I think that's a great pick. I love Game sevens. I was going to go NBA Game 7, so that's a little asterisk in the side.
3: Bang. That uh, that Game 7 of the Cubs and the Cleveland baseball team game, uh, it was the least productive I've ever been in the gym in my entire life. I showed up. I did, like, one set with the dumbbells and then just watched the game the entire time I was there. I don't think I did a <laughs> single thing the rest of the night. <laughs> so good. It was so good. Uh, number three for me, I have Friday. all right the
2: movie goes yeah
3: just great movie just friday just friday it's a good day (laughs) goes
2: without saying all right at two i have january 1st bowl games again just like labor day weekend it's extra time off you've really been doing nothing for a week since christmas your only responsibility is to spend time with family eat a big meal in the middle of the day and then watch bowl games from 11 a.m until 8 p.m God, I love it. Including that. the Rose Bowl, which grass wise, best spectacle in all the sports.
0: Mm-hmm. God, I wish I had that on my list. But since I don't, um, number two for me, Sunday at the Masters. I am a big, big golf guy. The Masters is a tradition unlike any other. Uh, Jim Nance's voice when Tiger was playing. Oh, God, I just told my wife that that's where I want to be for my 40th. I want to go to the Masters. Not
2: that That'd far away, fun. boys. Yeah, how can that'll you be time fun travel? You next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, nice.
0: Listen. I was going to say how you could
2: travel back in time.
0: I got six years,
3: four years, five years. I'm turning Uh-oh. 34. Uh, so number two for me, our answers could technically be the same somehow. I have that one spring Sunday where you have all the windows open. You can hear a faint lawnmower somewhere down the street. Mm-hmm. It's just super nice out. You're sitting on the couch watching TV. That could be the masters if you want it to be. So technically we have the same answer here. Okay. I like that.
2: Good day. That is a very good day. I can't argue with that. All right. At one, I have March Madness first round. Mm. I don't think anything competes. I haven't been to school or work during the first round of March Madness in about 12 years. It's basketball from noon until midnight Four games in each slate. It's springtime. It's fantastic. All you do, and everybody has hope that first round, that your bracket is fantastic, that you're going to win some money. There's always some fantastic upsets. I love the first round of March Madness.
0: Well, I pulled a Derrick Henry and forgot about that completely here, but um, that's okay. I am going with what Lance Meadows said, NFL wildcard weekend. I'm just putting the whole weekend as a day. Those games are just amazing, and they keep adding games. They're gonna make it, you know, Sunday, Monday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I love it. Oh God, give me football, playoff football. Yes.
3: You're gonna get roasted in the comments. We're gonna be like, Aiden's the only one that had March Madness. Everyone else is invalid. How does he have a Cowboys Eagles banner? And then we're gonna have to make a follow-up TikTok with the blooper of how we forgot. And. Yeah uh number one for me is uh the first good thunderstorm of the year we had one a few days ago that was the one and you know there's nothing like the first like like stomach rumbling thunder you get to see lightning for the first time a good torrential downpour that you don't get quite like you do in the spring and summer so that's number one day of the year for me
2: True mark of summertime when the weather changes and you get those evening thunderstorms. Some pretty good days from you, Vince.
0: Thursday or Wednesday this week felt like summer. Today did. Yesterday?
2: Yesterday did. Oh, yeah. You are really struggling with this. Thanks, Vince. (laughs) All All right. Draft Show. Tonight, Watch watch it. Live stream. Every pick, I will probably have a ridiculous reaction for every pick and I will sell it this way to the people. I think a lot of people are doing draft shows. We're not gonna be the people who's like, well, he ran a 446 40. I think you're gonna get genuine fan reactions from people who are knowledgeable about the game. I'm not gonna throw 40 times at you and shuttle times at you. We're just having to have a good time. It'd be like Thank being in it. a room with some of your best friends talking ball
0: drinking beer alley's also going to bring in some analysis that you won't get anywhere else about their Instagram pages and, and whatnot. So it's going to be a blast Kenwood beer. We, we thank you again for the sponsorship, but go over to the birds verse boys YouTube page, subscribe there. It'll be streamed there as well as the branded underscore sports, Twitter page and Facebook page. We'll be live for the entire first round of the draft. Well, Aiden, we we put a lot of work into this. We've we've groaned over it, and cried over it, and banged the drum for different players for our teams. But now we wait. This is like Christmas Eve morning. You know, you put your wish list together for presents,
2: and we're gonna the tree open up tomorrow. See what's underneath the tree, and see if we got what we wanted.
0: And Howie Claus is gonna bring you coal,
2: probably same as last year.
0: All right, everybody, enjoy the draft and we will be back next week. This was Birds vs. Boys, powered by Branded Sports, and brought to you by Stateside vodka.
2: Chris Hansen here, and I'm gonna need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds Thank versus you. Boys.
0: I think you're completely right here. And I hate it. Yep. Ladies,
2: stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane.
0: I think you're already there.
2: There's no hope. Hope Studio. is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in fifteen minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. That is Being the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching